Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today, I welcome to the program Eduardo Andino, the Director of Development for the Institute on Religion and Public Life. So how are things in New York City, Eduardo? Hey, we're doing well, Clay. Thanks for having me, first of all, on the show. You know, we're here in Queens and and phase two of the, the coronavirus uh, reopening. Uh, you know, people are eagerly gathering uh, on the streets in front of bars, in front of restaurants, and some semblance of, of normal life has been returning for weeks now, but, but certainly you see more and more every day. Today, we're going to talk about some thoughts from an Italian philosopher named Augusto Del Noce. By way of introducing you, Eduardo, uh, to our listeners, I, I just want to share an anecdote to start off. I'm an amateur videographer, and I make zero-budget short movies occasionally. But one time, I had an actual professional actress star in one of my short movies. And you watched that, Eduardo, and sent me feedback and some thoughts that you had, which were really profound and deep. And I found myself thinking as I read what you had said about that little short movie, I wish I had thought of some of these things that you got out of it. And that was extraordinary to me. But one of the things that you said had to do with the character that this professional actress played, and she was a muse who was inspiring some creative people. And the way that you described what she did for those people was something that I shared with that actress, Jenna Day. And I wanted to let you know what she said back to me when I shared your feedback. She said, it's so inspiring to me that anyone would see that in what we made. And if I had a mission statement for why I'm an actress, why I do what I do, what Eduardo wrote would be my mission statement. Very good. Very happy to hear that. So let's talk about Augusto Del Noche. And to start us off, I'm going to offer a quote from him. And you can springboard off of this into whatever pool you'd like to swim in. He said, uh, quote, the idea of revolution found its ultimate expression in Marxism. And he explained the total overturning, which is intrinsic to Marxism, takes place, first of all, with respect to theology, end quote. What do you think of that, Eduardo? Yes, well, ju just to give some background first, you know, Del Noce was born in 1910 in Italy. As he was coming of age, he noticed a lot of his people in his circle were flocking to uh, fascism, including Christians, who saw in fascism a tool that they could sort of use and, and evolve it towards something more ideal as, as a way of combating, you know, on the one hand, what they saw as bourgeois individualism, self-interest coming from liberal England. And on the other hand, the collectivism of communism. Uh, Del Noche was, was one of the few among his circle that didn't, didn't feel quite right about that easy embrace of fascism, but, but it didn't take him very long either to realize that there was something very wrong with communism as an alternative. During the course of that study, he, he came to realize exactly what you were quoting him just now, that, that at core, it can be easy often for some of us in America today to think, well, you know, communism is just about achieving an equal society. But, but in reality, what, what Del Noche came to realize in his study was that there's, there's much more here. It's, it's a whole system that includes uh, sort of a radical overthrow of tradition, 
of what has come before under the belief that you can basically reinvent man uh, from the beginning. You know, there's, there's an idea that our dependence on God is, is sort of a false, it's a false reality an, an insecurity, if you will, that we've, we've sort of projected out there and that we, we actually have the ability to seize that power, which we project onto God uh, for ourselves and use it to, to shape our, our future and our destiny. And it was, it was in that, that Del Noche really kind of spotted what was, what was wrong there. And that's right out of the garden, isn't it? Uh, wasn't that the, the first restriction that Satan tried to convince us wasn't real? I think so. Del Noche had also said that Marx, quote, understood that capitalist society cannot be reformed. And he said, one must destroy it. How do we convince citizens of that true and dangerous reality about certain thoughts. You know, Marxism effectively won in the West. So what had historically started out uh, when, when you had communism as the idea of, uh, you know, the battle was between sort of God-fearing Europe, you know, God-fearing Western civilization versus atheistic communism. But what Del Noche saw happening gradually over the, over the course of time, especially after, after the war, was you had a transition to, of how people were talking about that difference. They stopped talking about God as much in the West and you know, God versus atheism. And they started talking about uh, the free society versus, versus maybe the, you know, the totalitarian or the, the tyrannical or, or controlling or state, you know, state-centered society. And he saw that what was going on there was actually the premises of Marxism were beginning to win out in the minds of those very same Western thinkers. So while they were rejecting the utopian aspects of Marxism, they accepted Marx's materialist premises completely. And so what you see going on in the West is is a transformation of a society in which Christian values, Christian ideals strongly anchor the activity that's going on in the West to a situation now in which uh, consumerism goes beyond all sacred bounds to include, uh, you know, the human body. And so there's, there's this uh, real confusion. We think that we can fight what's wrong in our society through more effectively materialist-inspired revolution instead of realizing that's, that what's needed to correct the ills which are found in our society, or really in any society, like you said, since the beginning is, is a recognition that God is Lord and that God puts uh, both limits and, and freedom into our heart and that those freedoms are known as the moral law, which we come to know, you know by knowing him and that that freedom equally, uh, as much as the limits, is, is coming in knowing him. That thought about destroying and tearing down was expressed uh, just on the 24th of June uh, by one of the leaders of these uh, protests, riots, demonstrations happening uh, in the country. One of the uh, leaders of the movement that uh, goes by the name Black Lives Matter, BLM, said, if the United States does not give us what we want, we're going to burn the system down. I'm not sure if that raised anybody's eyebrows to say, whoa, what does that mean? But there, there's hope in what you said also. And so I want to share uh, with you the, the next 
Delmochik quote that I picked out to get your response on, and it actually is similar to something you just said. He said, quote, the first freedom and the precondition of all the other freedoms is religious freedom because it is based on the principle that life can only be welcome as truth, and therefore truth and freedom are related terms, and the primacy of truth is the foundation of freedom." End quote. And he strongly cautioned that the result of abandoning such a core principle as that is, quote, the anarchical and at worst satanic deformation of freedom that prevails in the West. Unquote. So I would ask you, Eduardo and Dino, do you think that Del Nochi overstated that or did he nail it? He passed away in 1989. And I think it's, it's a pity that he hasn't been alive to, to comment on these last decades. Because I, I think a lot of what he writes is vindicated. You know, it's, it's really important to understand truth is the ground of freedom. If you, if you erode uh, that truth, um, and, and let's be specific here, one, one truth in particular that's very important for freedom is the idea of man as being made in the image of God. Uh, God, God gave us freedom to choose him or to turn away from him because he had a great amount of respect for us. Uh, he created us with that freedom to choose. Uh, but that freedom, what, what precedes that freedom is truth. So when freedom is not ordered towards what it was created upon, uh, it's, it's, it's like removing the foundation of a house. I mean, it just, it, it can't stand. And, uh, you know, among Del Noche's very important points, I think, is, is the understanding of, of contemporary society as a, as a sort of a scientism, right? So, of course, you know, we all accept uh, as, as very good the process of science, scientific method, discovering things about the natural world around us. But scientism is, is not that. It's, it's a doctrine. It's, it's actually a, a belief that the only thing to be known and discovered is those things which are empirically uh, verifiable by all. So, so and Del Noche has a very good point that that, that is not a logical claim. It's not, it's not a truth, you know, that, that has come to through deductive reasoning, which can't be refuted. It's, it's, a, it's a choice of the will. It's, it's a choice to affirm that statement. Nothing else exists. There is nothing else. It's presented to us as, as fact and as the basis on which everything else must be built, um, sort of as a, almost as a mockery of, of you know, the truth of, of metaphysical realities, right? No, this, this is actually the real foundation. There's nothing else. And it's on that that we have to build our freedom. And, you know, of, of course, Don Noche would, would analyze that, 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 you know, that, that foundation is, is just not solid. It's also a denial of the reality that scientists claim to revere because all of God's works in his creation that we observe through science reveal God's handiwork. It's also then necessarily true that we whom he created are accountable to him for our actions. Exactly. St. Paul uh, in, in the first chapter of Romans talks about how what can be known about God is, is plain to them and, and clear to them through, through the created world. What Del Noche uh, observes is, is the need for sort of systematic and, and persistent mendacity in order to prop up the sort of regime of scientism, right? It, it doesn't matter if there are moments at which it bumps up against reality. Well, you just need to lie through those moments and keep people from asking questions. You know, there's, there's a real elimination of even bringing up the fundamental questions 
But that sort of denial of reality is very pagan, I think. It was believers in the creator God who developed the scientific method as we know it today. And, you know, in pagan times, it was like sacrilegious to take a sample from the river and see what's in there. It was like looking up Mother Nature's skirt or something. And so they were like, no, we can't dig too deep and find these realities. It's very pagan, actually. It's not progressive minded at all. Well, you know, there's no there's no coincidence. I mean, when you have the introduction of this this idea of of faith and reason as as actually being unified, and it's the synthesis that helps us. You know, that truth is one. Whether we come to truth by reason, because there are things that are that are plain to us and our and our sight and our discourse, or we come through them uh, through faith, because there are things that we couldn't reason to, but which are are revealed and given to us. Uh, truth is one. And these are just two different means of getting at the one and same truth of reality. And so when you have that and, and you have confidence in that, there's there's no fear. So true. So I wanted to get back then to this ideas that Del Melchi had about Marxism and, and how it relates now to the morals that we've uh, talked about a little bit as well. He said, quote, in the field of morals, Marxism weakened the awareness of personal responsibility by finding the cause of all evils in alienating society. And as a result, it ended up effectively justifying all kinds of exceptions to the principles of morality, end quote. And I'm thinking that we see that demonstrated in real time right now, this week and this month, as, for example, your governor, Andrew Cuomo, just said of these rioters and looters and vandals and destroyers of artworks, that are committing all sorts of bad deeds, that they are justified because, he said, they're simply expressing valid concerns about America as it has been. They, they are responding to this alienation from society. How do we counteract that? Well, there's, I think there's a couple of, of things at play. I mean, one aspect is, uh, you know, there's, there's the very famous quote, who, whom, the revolutionary morality is is one in which who's doing something matters it's not an, an objective truth in which what's right and wrong applies to all universally for all time but you know if i'm achieving the right end i'm justified in whatever means is necessary but it but if the other guy is is trying to achieve what i don't agree with then no matter what he does it's wrong del noche refers to this as as the absorption of morality or the absorption of ethics into politics. And subsequently, he'll talk about it as the absorption of politics into war. So all, all morality, all, all questions of, of ethics and truth are actually absorbed just into the concept of war, which is really just will to power, uh, the exercise of force to achieve what I want, not in conformity with reason, but, but in conformity with, with what I will. Well, to wrap things up here, uh, time flew right by on this uh, brief podcast episode, but one of the things I wanted to uh, share from Del Noche and get your feedback, he said, quote, religious revelation is the answer to a question that arises in the heart of man. The effort by today's secularism is no longer to fight against the answer, but to eliminate the question, end quote. How do you see that transpiring today, Eduardo? Yes, absolutely. Well, that's you know that's tied into the scientism we were mentioning before that there just there aren't metaphysical questions. What what do you mean? What do you mean, God? That you know that that's just you can't see that. 
that doesn't, what are you talking about? Uh, there, you know, Del, Del Noche sees a, a very long and, and complex trajectory that, that plays to that. In Marxism, you had the classical uh, articulation of capital versus labor. What Del Noche sees as happening in, in what he calls sort of the, uh, the affluent society, sort of, you know, what, what we're living in today. There, there's a changing of, of the categories. Intellectuals in the West started seeing communism as trendy. This is helped by the fact that in the war, of course, you know, the, the West and, and Russia came together to defeat fascism and Nazism, which is obviously also a bad thing, but there, there became a certain moral prestige, he argues, to uh, this, this reconciliation with Marxist thought that came with our partnership and fighting with Russia against Nazism. And so the enemy, the big enemy, which, which is to be seen in, in society is not, is not capital. It's no longer capital versus labor, but it actually becomes you know, fascist authoritarian versus revolutionary, right? So the, the, the fascism gets pushed forward as the only bad thing and the revolutionary, the Marxist get, gets a free pass and, and the intellectuals start making their peace with that. And, you know, so, of course, you see this today across the West, in, including Europe, where anybody who expresses a view which is not within a certain acceptable view, oh, yeah, that, that guy's just a fascist. What you get is, is clumped together very reasonable men and women of, of faith, of love of their tradition, love of their heritage, getting lumped in with things that really have nothing to do with them. And so... You can't raise that question because it's, it's too dangerous. It might stir up the beasts of yesterday. And, and before we know it, we'll have a fascist, uh, you know, theocratic dictator on our door once more. And those would be bad things if, if only the assumptions behind everything that you laid out as they believe weren't completely bogus. Because, in fact, in terms of a citizen's relationship with the government, you know, how much control the central government might have over the citizen, if that's the measurement, then your communism, fascism, Nazism are all on the same side in that they all are systems where the central government has a great deal of involvement and authority over the citizen. So it's kind of ironic that the communist versus fascist clash was really left on left if you have the spectrum being how much control does the central government have and total control is the left. And Del Noche talks about exactly that, how revolutionary thought ought to be seen as a spectrum, which includes both communism and Nazism and not as a fundamentally separate phenomena. And, and I think the key factor here is it's a question of idols. Will you serve idols or, or will you try to seek the true God? And whether that idol is a state, whether it's a collective, whether it's unlimited freedom, whatever whatever temporal good you might be seeking, if you're putting it above God, it's, it's going to create a system of society which is not rightly ordered, and it's going to have huge problems. So we know then that just instinctively and because we're observing reality, that the answer to these problems we're facing is reliance appropriately on our creator and lawgiver and the source of all of our rights, God. How do we achieve that. This is the, the final thing we'll discuss, Eduardo, but uh, how, how do we as a nation turn back to that truth that we once knew? It's a very hard question because in a sense, if you're 
a Marxist, you would say that history has has a telos, right, and or an end in the in the communist state. That it's all sort of working out towards there. In Christianity, we would say that there, of course, there's a telos. God God is in charge of history, and He's leading it somewhere. But we don't have as much of a knowledge of what He's up to. In the meantime, we know we know how it ends. Uh, we know how it began. We don't know what surprises. God is going to throw our way while we're living it, while we're playing it out. And so it's, you know, it's so hard to determine what twists and turns we might take. But, you know, again, going, going back to Del Noche, he talks explicitly about the danger of trying to seek exclusively to political means that, that ultimately the religious aspect of society must be discovered once more. And, you know, how, how we do that, how God does that, uh, what, what sorts of, uh, Ugly things might we see in the meantime? What sorts of unexpected good things might we see on the way? It's so difficult to reckon, but, but of course we put ourselves in a position to, to listen and discern what God's will might be in our, our individual cases, work together with others who share those convictions and, and you know, see where the Holy Spirit leads in, in the midst of that. Well, that's wise counsel. I, I really appreciate, Eduardo, that you uh, came on the podcast today. I've enjoyed our discussion. I learn a lot every time I talk with you or correspond with you, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, thank you again for being on the Core Principles podcast. Real pleasure to be here, Clay. Thanks so much. Now it's time for our special historical segment, featuring a practical example of how core principles are applied. On the 7th of July, 1981, President Ronald Reagan nominated Sandra Day O'Connor to be the first female justice of the United States Supreme Court. The Senate confirmed her with a unanimous vote, and she served on the court for 24 years. She had previously been the first female to be the Arizona Senate Majority Leader. For 40 years, from about 1107 through about 1067 B.C., Deborah was a judge for Israel. She was also a prophetess. She was a true leader in Israel. If anyone tries to convince you that the Bible puts women in low esteem, know that that is simply false. In no case are women ever diminished by our Creator and Lord. God has no biases against either gender nor any race. Indeed, it is in Him that we are all equal. Core Principles Podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July, L-E-I-G-H-T July. You can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles Podcast. Please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information. And please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.